Hi, and welcome to Did You Know with Holly Emery. For those of you that don't know, I'm Holly Emery, and I am a certified uh, leading edge emotional awareness coach um, with a background in law of attraction. Um, more than a coach, I consider myself an advocate for all things love and light and for the greater good of the global community. And welcome to part two. This is part two of volume three. Volume three, I talked about how each of us walks around with a emotional portfolio and how we manage that because it affects everything that we do in our lives. Um, whether you are aware of it or not, your emotions are your energy force. Um, and how you are able to balance out your emotions uh, throughout your life has a great impact on how you experience life as a whole whether you feel like your life is going really well and you know for all intents and purposes everything is unicorns and butterflies and rainbows and kittens and all that fun and fluffy stuff which we know isn't always true a hundred percent for um, for everyone, you know, everyone has their ups and downs. It's what we do with our ups and downs um, that determines the quality of the life that we have. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, you could have a life in which it's just nothing but doom and gloom, despair, potholes everywhere. You feel like nothing ever goes right for you. And this all comes back to uh, your emotional portfolio that I spoke of in uh, part one of volume three. And today I wanna dive a little deeper in that and what I mean. And hopefully those of you that have listened, um, you were able to think about what I said in episode uh, one or volume one, I should say part one, I should say. And, and what that means. Um, so to dive a little deeper in that whole I guess idea of an emotional portfolio I made the reference of a financial portfolio which a lot of us you know honestly I would say there's a huge part of the population that doesn't even have a clue about their financial portfolio and they're just kind of you know swimming through life you know day by day bootstrapping it skin of their teeth and all that good stuff and just kind of basically operating on autopilot which is the you know equivalent of survival mode because if that autopilot for some reason at some point in your life disengages maybe there's an electrical storm or something that's beyond your control that is happening on the external and it disengages that uh, autopilot and you're not able to re-engage it who's going to fly the plane or who's going to drive the car now we have cars we have like these great amazing technology is just you know advancing at an alarming rate where we have self-driving cars but what does that mean does that mean like down the line like our kids you know the up-and-coming generations are no longer going to be required to learn how to operate a vehicle a vehicle that's you know could be you know 2,000 pounds 2,000 plus pounds which is literally a you know could be a machine of destruction um, if you don't know what to do with it. And that's basically what I'm saying about your emotions. Your emotions can be, you know, this 
beautiful, amazing tool in which you use it, your emotions to, you know, create this amazing life. Um, when you know how to balance out your emotions and you are in touch with who you are and where your emotions, you know, originate from, or your emotions can be this massive tool of destruction and, you know, devastation. And you just create this really horrible, horrible experience. And it's one bad experience after another. I don't know about anyone else that who might be listening today, but I personally choose the, uh, part A in that where, you know, I want to be able to have a good understanding of how my emotions work and how I can best utilize them as a tool to create an amazing life. And I've done just that because there was a time in my life where I felt like I was just completely operating in survival mode. I had nothing but conflict and chaos and I may have touched on this in uh part one but I had conflict and chaos and I just was like what is going on here it just it just seemed like no matter what I was doing how hard I tried what I tried it just was I was bringing or attracting or aligning or whatever whatever the word is you want to use but there was just there was an abundance of chaos and conflict and I paused and was able to become or to, I guess, arrive at a place of awareness where I had to really take a look at me. And because it, even though it seemed like it was everyone else, it all essentially, you know, was up to me to figure out why I was having these experiences, why there was so much, con- so much conflict and chaos and really look at what I wanted going forward did I want to continue on that path of uh conflict and and chaos and you know utter you know just self-demise um or did I want to create a new path for myself did I want to create a path in which I was you know more aware first of all but focused on you know where I wanted to go my intention for my life and what I wanted to create, you know, that was the opposite of what I was actually experiencing. Now, I can't say it was the worst of the worst, but for me, it was my worst. It was my bottom in which I had to look at what I was creating and start expanding my perspective, my knowledge on my own emotional portfolio. And there were a couple things I did to do that, number one was I picked up a book um, because I was guided, you know, internally. Um, speaking of, you know, your emotional portfolio, we all have this. I'll give you a little tip. We all have this um, really cool um, built-in guidance system. I call it your emotional guidance system. Well, my emotional guidance system um, clearly it kicked in in the most crucial moment for me because, excuse me, as I felt, as I say that I felt like um, I didn't have control and that wasn't okay for me. I don't know if it's okay for you. If you're listening to this, you know, most likely it's not okay. You could be in a, a state of chaos and conflict and you know that there's something more. Maybe there's a deep knowing. For me, it was a deep inner knowing and it was my guidance system that was, you know, maybe I think it was, if I had to explain it, 
I was listening to it. You might call it an inner voice, your intuition. But for the first time, I don't know whether I was listening to it or I just couldn't ignore it anymore. I think that I think it was more of a fact that I couldn't, I could no longer ignore what was going on inside of me. And I had to finally pay attention. I had to finally listen and you know receive the information. I could no longer operate in survival mode because if I continued in survival mode, again, which is the equivalent, sorry, equivalent of being in autopilot, I just knew I was going to wind up crashing and burning. And I had dreams. I don't know about you. If you're out there and you have dreams and goals and you just seem like you can't make any traction, this is this is a podcast for you. And you know, we reach a point where we it's like the the fork in the road or the fork in the sky or whatever the vehicle you want to imagine yourself driving. And we reach this point where it's this fork and you can't really go straight because straight is going to lead to your demise. It's going to lead to, you know, a continuation of what you're doing. Um, or maybe, yeah, maybe I think straight is going to lead to your destruction. Left might be the path and it might be different for you. It could be left or right. One of those paths is going to path is going to keep you continuing on the path that you're currently on, which you're going to experience you know, fender benders and potholes and, you know, just think of all the things that you probably wouldn't want to experience on your drive. You know, you want to go on this nice, beautiful, sunny drive. You know, maybe the top is down and the wind is blowing in your hair and you've got your favorite station on and everything's great and it's sunny out and, you know, the road is clear and there's no traffic, but on that other road, it doesn't matter whether it's the left road or the right road for you, but on the other road, it's just, it's gridlock. It's a gridlock of your emotions. And you know, every couple, you can't, you can't get far enough fast enough, or you're not making very, uh, you're not making progress because you keep bumping into people. Um, it's bumper to bumper and you know, maybe the guy to the right or the woman to the left, somebody's flipping you off because they felt like you cut them off or you felt like someone cut you off and you're flipping them the bird. And you know, it's just, you know, before you know it, you're like in, in, uh, gauged in this, you know, road weight rage and you're just, you're exhausted. For me, it was exhausting. I will tell you that right now, when I reached this point in my life, I was completely just exhausted and knew that I wanted, so I didn't want to be exhausted. I wanted to feel energized. That's what I wanted. So if you want to feel energized and you're feeling just zapped and you're feeling like you're in this emotional gridlock and, you know, I will tell you, your emotional portfolio is not balanced just like your finances if you feel like you're just barely getting by and you're just paying bills with little and I've been there and you feel like you are not um, gaining any ground towards the things that you want to do see experience achieve whether it's a goal it could be a trip for your family it could be a trip for yourself it could be your next level of education that you want to invest in any of those things, those things in life that are here to be experienced, to enrich our lives. So if you are not in a place where you feel like those things are coming to you 
relatively easily. I'm not saying that we don't have to do any work, but you just feel like you're getting, you know, road hazard, roadblock, whatever you want to call it after roadblock. And you just seem to be spinning your wheels. Then I will tell you your emotional portfolio is off and you need to go and you need to look at it and you need to look at um, how you can improve on that and start accruing uh, better emotional experiences to balance that so that your path, you know, you're no longer on autopilot. You're no longer on survival mode. Autopilot is good once in a while if you need a break and you need some rest and you need to recharge your battery. Autopilot's a wonderful thing. Autopilot is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for driving. Like I said, what's going to happen? Are our youth going to be no longer required to take a road test, a written test, and get, you know, and then we're just going to start putting people behind these, you know, two ton vehicles? And, you know, what happens? You know, if, if, like I said, it disengages. They're not gonna, they're either gonna be stuck or they're gonna do some serious damage, A, to themselves and B, potentially to other people. And I think a lot of things um, point back to, well, now I think, I know, they point back to those skills that we either were given or were not given um, when we were growing up. So I think here's a place to take a good break. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to resume in just a minute. Thank you for listening. And we're going to get some really good stuff um, going forward. So um, yeah, just stay tuned. Hi, and welcome back. This is Holly Emery with Did You Know? And uh, before the break, <clears throat> excuse me, I was talking about um, well, the title of this podcast, as you know, is uh, Managing Your Emotional Portfolio. And I was talking about, you know, how we have a tendency to go through life on autopilot. Excuse me, which is also the equivalent of survival mode. And you know what? I believe there's so much more to life than just getting up <laughs> doing the daily grind and just getting through life and just coming home and being exhausted. You know, however, we're taught that, you know, you kind of, I think we've been taught, you know, by society um, just to be more of a cog in a massive wheel on a massive machine. Because let's face it, being a cog in a wheel that makes the whole machine um, for the people who built the machine run smoother is good for them, but not necessarily for you, the cog. <clears throat> so we've kind of been raised, excuse me, in this society where we just kind of do our part, get through the day and all is well, but that's not necessarily true. Um, you know, we all have this emotional portfolio and before we understand you know, how we have this or why we have this emotional portfolio. We have to understand where, or I'd just say the root or the basis, the foundation upon which our emotional portfolio came to be. So we're going to look back at your emotional inheritance, which is so big. It's so huge. 
You know, everybody thinks of an inheritance um, when you mention that word, inheritance. What does that mean exactly? Like, where does that come from? And what does it, what does it, what image does that draw for you in your mind or in your heart? You know, initially, I think most of us think, again, going back to how we've been conditioned by society to think about things, we think about money. <clears throat> we think about, excuse me, our background, you know, our money, our financial background. You know, some of us, you know, might stand to inherit a lot of money. If we think of some of the wealthiest families in the world, um, in our society, and they might, you know, not ever have to work a day in their lives. But are they really as wealthy as they appear? And then we look at, you know, the under end, other end, sorry, of the spectrum, where, you know, maybe your parents or your family just is a long line of just, you know, blue collar workers. And you don't, you know, they've always had to work very, very hard for everything. And that everything in the eyes of society was barely anything. But if you look at those two, um, what do you call them? The they're not parallels. They're um, what's the word I'm looking for? Polar opposites. There's the polarity here. It's the law of polarity. So you look at those two um, different ends of the stick spectrum, whatever you want to call it, the pendulum switching or, or swaying from one end or one extreme to another. And you look at this person who inherited this large sum of financial wealth. And in that wealth, they never had to work for anything in their lives, life ever. Everything was literally handed to them. We talk about that silver spoon but yet, and they have accumulated all these different things, these experiences. But the experiences at the end of the day, because they never had to put any effort forth, you know, everything was a yes, they hold no emotional value to them. So if you look at them, they might get to the end of their life and they never had to work. They never knew what it was like to deal or to go without something. Um, because everything was instantaneous and you know they may or may not have a sense of entitlement but you know honestly they don't know any different so to someone who's on the polar opposite end of that stick if you will they might think this person is entitled and they are just clueless and, and all these other things you know, but if you look at them, they might get to the end of their life and they don't, you know, maybe they've never, you know, participated in anything that bought them any type of um, really authentic emotional value. So they get to the end of their lives and they are just empty, just vapid souls of beings. You know, they have all these experiences, trips and things like that. But then you look at the polar opposite and you have the person who is not going to inherit anything. Everything they had to work for in their lives um, was hard fought for. You know, maybe they don't go to college. <clears throat> maybe they just, you know, 
get their high high school uh, excuse me if I can speak my their high school diploma or maybe they just get maybe they dropped out because they had to work to support the family and maybe um, they go back and they get their GED maybe they don't maybe they just work in the local factory and they're they're like third generation you know factory worker and you know life is just really hard for them <clears throat> does it mean that the person who's had to work for everything has higher emotional value um, and their emotional portfolio is better off than the person who stood to inherit inherit um, you know wealth beyond most of our wildest dreams like more than we could ever spend in our lifetime does that mean that their emotional portfolio is better balanced and has you know accrued a lot more interest not necessarily it doesn't it doesn't whatsoever I'll tell you because it starts with your family it starts with you know how you were raised you know if you're throwing a bunch of money and every time you need an emotional need met excuse me it's met with um, some sort of material good or service then you know the value becomes less than or maybe even non-existent it becomes a band-aid or a pacifier because nothing can really truly replace true emotional value so we look at the person who doesn't stand to inherit anything financially and the same thing could be true their emotional needs are not being met because maybe everybody's always working maybe the dad is always so exhausted that he can't connect with his children because he's working two and three jobs or maybe he's working the graveyard shift and mom and mom is always stressed out because she's working her two or three jobs and she can barely you know get by and she's in survival mode and dad's in survival mode and the kids become in survival mode so do you see what I'm talking about here I'm talking about the emotional value that you inherit from your family this is the same emotional value that becomes your foundation for life and how you navigate through your life and how you experience life how things um how you make the determination of which road you want to go down and it's the basis for all your relationships it's the foundation for your relationships be it you know a excuse me casual relationship or you know an intimate relationship that's a little more heavy duty maybe with your husband or your boyfriend that's long term your girlfriend whatever the case may be um, your work relationships but the emotional value is there that foundation that core those credits are there so you could have a very low emotional value which is going to tie it's which absolutely 100% without a doubt ties into your self-esteem and how you value you as a person and how you value yourself as a person is going to either align or misalign with the experiences that you well either way you're lining up so you're either going to align with negative experiences and have a quote-unquote negative life and a life full of struggle and strife 
and just, you know, pothole after pothole or, you know, setback after setback or whatever the case may be, or you're going to align with um, a smoother path, a smoother road, and your emotional value is going to be higher. Your emotional credit score is gonna be higher. We can use, you know, the financial credit score. Like if you have a 700, then you're like golden. 800, I think, is it 800 or 850? Something like that is, I think 800 is the top, um, you know, financial score. So you are deemed in society as like this person who is like got it all together. And your credit score is, you know, representing you but is it really representing you because you could have a really high financial credit score of 800 and like I said in the previous um, part part one of this where your emotional credit score or your financial credit score is really high but your emotional credit score is really low you just happen to be really good with money for whatever reason Um, but yet your entire life is a train wreck your relationships are a train wreck but somehow you're in survival mode and you know when you get to the end of you know we're living longer now we're here we're meant to um, evolve as as beings on on multiple levels and we're here for so long so if you're going to be here and you're going to be living this really long life we're living longer than ever i would think that you would hold equal value in your emotional credit score your emotional portfolio as you do in your financial portfolio because at the end of the day we all know we're not getting out of here and taking our cars and our houses and the you know the jewelry we're only taking with us our memories we're not taking any of that material stuff it doesn't go with you it doesn't work like that I mean even if it did where would you put it all in you just wouldn't die you'd be eternal you'd be like a vampire I think And, um, but anyway, that's, that's an example. That's a prime example. So how do we start to accrue higher emotional value, whether you have a lot of money and, and I will tell you too, if you're emotional, because if your credit worthiness happens to be high and your emotional value, your portfolio is just a complete disaster, eventually It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next month or next year, but eventually things will come crashing down. That's just the way it works because you don't have a solid foundation to support it. Something is gonna crash down and it's going to crash hard and then where will you be? However, if you have a good emotional credit score, and a good value, a sense of self, some self-esteem, and your financial, you know, portfolio is shaky, that can be easily built upon. If you already have a good solid foundation, it's easier to build up than it is to get or reach a crescendo in your financial life and then come crashing down because your emotional portfolio is just a complete and utter disaster. Whereas if you have a good emotional foundation, and I'll tell you, wait a minute, let me back up for a minute. Why that is so, why the odds of you crashing are really high is because you don't have the ability or the resources and tools, the skill set to support operating at such a high level in survival mode. 
sooner or later, something's gotta give and the car is gonna go off the tracks or the rails or something's gonna happen. That autopilot's gonna switch off and it's gonna be a disaster. When you have a strong emotional portfolio then you have a solid foundation to support anything you do in life. Whether you want to be a mail carrier for the rest of your life, maybe you just love delivering people's mail and you're really good. I mean, I've seen or heard, and I probably know some people, I don't really get into people's financial um, business too much, but there are people that work the job. I mentioned teacher, teacher's salary, but they were so smart. They were so good. They were so solid emotionally that they were able to take a teacher's salary and invest in it in in various different um, opportunities and to amass a great amount of financial wealth so that their both their emotional and their financial portfolios are really balanced. But then you can take another teacher who doesn't have that ability. They don't have that. They don't have that solid foundation. The same thing is true for somebody who's really wealthy. Maybe they inherited a lot of money and they blew every last penny and now they're living homeless on the streets. But they might be happier. Do you ever notice that? Do you ever hear those stories where there's somebody who's homeless and they, maybe they could go home at any day and they could have this really lavish lifestyle and never have a care in the world, but they choose to live on the street in squalor because they are happier. Because the emotional portfolio, the emotional inheritance, maybe what was attached to receiving that money was so toxic, we hear that word, maybe it came at such a price, the interest was so high that they could no longer afford to pay it. So they walked away from it. So do you see where I'm going with this and do you see how important it is to really get a true understanding of, I hope you do, you're listening and you get a really firm, solid, expanded understanding of how important it is to have a very well balanced uh, financial or sorry, emotional portfolio. Especially if you want to have a good quality, if you want to have a, a quality life, you want to have a life where you, at the end of your days, you're going to close your eyes or whatever, which way it is, and you're going to be at peace. Who wants to go out in a stressful way? I mean, I think people do because they just don't want to deal with it anymore. But why, why do that if you can go out in a peaceful way and you can say that you've, you know, you've had purpose and you've had good experiences and your emotional portfolio was in such a state and the credits and how, and, and that you just, you just close your eyes and you're like, this is good. Life can't get any better than this. It can't possibly get any better. So I'm good. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't feel like there's anything I, I need to eat, see, be, do, have experience or whatever. It's good because your soul is full. That to me is the ultimate, it's, it's the epitome of why we're here. Because if you can't go out on that, on your terms, then kind of what's the point of it all? So how you do that and how I did it 
because I mentioned earlier how I had gone through my own, you know, conflict and chaos and yada, 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 whatever, right? I started educating myself. I started with a book and then that book sparked something in me. Well, actually I started with the awareness and the listening to my own inner guidance system, my own actually emotional guidance system. I call it the EGS for short. Much like on your car, now we have these GPS systems and even on our phone, if we're walking somewhere and we get lost, we can just plug it in. Why aren't you plugging in to your emotional guidance system? So many people, I'd say the majority of the world's population is not, but we are, I will give you this good news. We are starting to plug in more and more to our emotional guidance system or just to our inner knowing, listening to ourselves. We're starting to, we're in this great place of global expansion where we, evo- where we are evolving as people, as human beings and being more tuned in and being less of a cog on a massive wheel. And we're becoming more of the overall machine that we want to be. And I don't want to, machine sounds cold, so it's not machine, but the overall organism, think of it as organic. So instead of being just a part, which we are, we're all, I I will say 100%, we are all part of a greater um, universal force, an energetic force for sure. But you can be a force within yourself. You can be the brightest light, the brightest energy, the most energetic little organism unto yourself that is powered by yourself that can also illuminate and power others through your management of your emotional portfolio. And that will trickle down or out like a pebble in a pond. It will ripple out to everything you do in your life. So that when you do reach that last whatever breath or whatever on your end of days, you will have had a really great experience. So like I said, what I did was I started reading books. I first tuned in, I started reading books. I started, you know, we live in this this day of technology, this day and age of technology where we have access to so much, um, which is really cool. I think it's so exciting. You can, I mean, literally connect with anybody around the world and learn anything, but you do have to be tuned into what you're allowing in. I will say, will say that for sure. And you have to be tuned into what or where, like I said, or how, I should say, what you inherited emotionally from the previous generations. Because, you know, if we're not gonna do better and we're just gonna maintain the status quo of all of the people that came before us, I don't know. That does, that to me doesn't sound exciting at all. It doesn't. Um, I know I don't want that for my children. I absolutely want them to do better, evolve, just evolve, just experience, have different experience, expanded, you know, experiences than, than what I had. And I love the fact that I can be a mom in this day and age and I can teach my children to A, build their own emotional portfolio. And I get to, inher- I get to, I get to think about, it. so if you're a parent and you have kids, you should be thinking about what you are leaving your kids from an emotional standpoint. Are you leaving them stress? 
Are you leaving them anxiety? And if maybe you're not, maybe you even don't even have kids yet, but this is something you wanna consider for when you do have kids. And you wanna think about who you're having kids with. Are they going to leave um, depression and anxiety? And some of it is, you know, definitely things that need to be um, managed with the proper um, nutrition and medical support, whether it's holistic or whatever. You know, there's there's great strides in medicine these days. But these are the things that you would benefit you to think about in your life especially when it comes to you as a parent. Think about what, more importantly than financially, you're going to leave your children. Think about what you're going to leave them emotionally. Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it, um, you know, like I said, depression? Is it anger? Are you leaving a legacy of anger? What is your emotional legacy going to be? I mean, children live what they learn and you are a living legacy. You are a legacy that is modeling uh, for your children if you have them or your future children. So you really want to think about those types of things as you're going forward because you have the ability to change that. You have the ability to create a better legacy, a healthier legacy, and to give your children that the tools and skills to give them a solid foundation for their portfolio, for their emotional portfolio. As I mentioned before in the previous podcast, I have a workshop coming up. You can find me on Facebook. I'm on I'm Holly Emery or I am at uh, Gratitude, Love and Light on Instagram. And I'm about to start promoting this uh emotional uh, energy star because I think we all can be emotional energy stars. I think we can all really um, fine tune and start to build emotional credit. Um, But like I said, you start accruing them by reading books, by connecting with good people or people that support, you know, who you are and where you are in life and where you want to go. And, you know, every time you have a good experience with someone, you're racking up you know, think of it like that. Think of it like maybe you're the casino. Every time you have a good experience, you're getting, well, maybe not the casino, but because <laughs> um, you don't want to gamble too much. But you want to make wise, you want to take wise risk emotionally that are going to give you a uh, better yield on your return, the interest. And you want to really start to keep track of the emotional experiences that you're having and what experiences are giving you positive credits and what are giving you negative credits and develop the ability how to um, really discern between the two and where you are putting your emotional energy. So I think I'm going to wrap up here. Again, Holly Emery uh, on Facebook and uh at Gratitude, Love, and Light on Instagram. You can message me, hollyemery at gmail.com. Get on the the email list because I have a lot of really good things that are coming out um, to help you um, if you want to be helped. If you're in the position of you would like your life to improve and you are ready to evolve as a being and really start to 
embrace all of the abundance and the inner creator that you are, the inner creator within yourself. Also, listen to me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, there's a whole bunch of them. I think I'm on about 10. I don't know them all right now. And subscribe so that you stay in tune and in touch um, and aware of when a new podcast is coming out. I hope you really, really like this. And I'm going to say goodbye. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And um, with lots of love, light, and gratitude. Um, Until next time, this is Holly Emery with Did You Know. Thank you.